0: Thank <music> you. morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterill, and this morning's show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the day that it was in the sports world, including our athlete of the day. We then talk about the games coming up today, what bets we like, and we cap it off with our competitive hedge parlay of the day. Our daily three-team parlay, no odds worse than minus 150 So happy belated Canada Day to all of our Canadian listeners. Took a couple days off just to enjoy that birthday weekend as well. So a lot happening here in Regina. And then happy Independence Day to all of our American listeners as well today. Uh, Hope you enjoy your day off as I head to work in just over an hour's time here. So our episode today is brought to you by our sponsor, Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. MLB is the only one to bet on right now, it feels like, but Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. The Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of their website, Depositing and drawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website is available in both English and French and customer service is available 24-7 as well. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age and it is available to people in Ontario. So let's get into it by talking about our co-athlete shout-out of the day, but I guess more so the weekend. Has to go out to both the champs in the UFC, Israel Adesanya and Alexander Volkanovski. Both retain their titles on the Izzy side of things. First of all, he had one of the best entrances of all time with his Undertaker theme. Absolutely love that. And then he goes on to win by unanimous decision. And then on the other side, Volkanovski taking on Max Holloway in the trilogy fight, but Volk sweeps the trilogy. Absolutely dominated them, cut them open early. And so we have to give a shout out to both those guys, two of the best to ever do it in their weight class. And they both retain their titles at UFC 276. So when it comes to our weekend betting recap, we did cash parlays on both June 30th and July 1st. Then we got nearly swept if it weren't for the O'Malley Note contest. And then yesterday was a bit of a heartbreaker. We went 2-1 for the parlay, the Braves' run line. They lose outright despite being up one nothing in the 8th inning. They looked like they were going to be in a good spot and then unfortunately lose 4-3. to three. You had the White Sox winning on the money line and the Rockies winning as well, so it was a profitable day. That's why we always tell you to not only bet the parlay but take them individually as well, just in case. And then player props as we went 3-2 yesterday as well. So overall, it was a solid weekend. We'll get more into our golf bets as well, as we did go profitable at the John Deere Classic as well. Got a big couple weeks coming up in golf, and so should be very exciting times. So that way we don't have just baseball. We are in the dog days of summer, as we said on this show, with it just being MLB, but it was a great weekend for sports. So let's talk about the weekend that was recap Starting with baseball yesterday we had the Royals win 7 to 4 over the Tigers, the Brewers 2 to nothing over the Pirates, the Marlins 7 to 4 over the Nationals, the Rays 7 to 3 over the Jays, the Jays can't seem to get it going as of late, Guardians 2 to nothing over the Yankees, those pesky Reds winning 4 to 3 over the Braves, Mets 4 to 1 over the Rangers, Orioles 3 to 1 over the Twins, Astros 4 to 2 over the Angels. Red Sox come back to win in the 11th inning, 4-2. Rockies win 6-5 over the Diamondbacks. White Sox blow out the Giants 13-4. Mariners 2-1 over the A's. The Padres 4-2 over the Dodgers. And then the Phillies 4-0 over the Cardinals. When we're talking about WNBA yesterday, was a loaded slate. We had four games yesterday. The Connecticut Sun win in overtime, 74-72. We saw the Atlanta Dream win 90 to 76 over the Seattle Storm. That's a big win for that young Atlanta team. The Sparks win 84 to 74 over the New York Liberty. And then to cap it off, the shocker potentially of the season as the Lynx win 102 to 71 over the league best Las Vegas Aces. So overall, a tough, tough time for my Aces as they drop that one on the road. When we're talking CFL, we had. The BC Lions won 34 to 31 over the Ottawa Red Blacks on June 30th. Then on Canada Day, the Elks won 29 to 25 over the Ticats. And then the Riders blew out the Alouettes 41 to 20 here in Regina on Saturday. I was on the golf course listening in and they pull off the victory. Now, when we're talking about the golf weekend, we did have Live Golf where Brendan Grace won the individual title. Nice, cool $4 million in his pocket for winning individually. And then the team competition, DJ Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, and Taylor Gooch won the team event. Now, this event was much better than the first week of Live Golf. I tuned in a little bit over the weekend. Them being free on YouTube is a lot easier for someone that lacks cable. I do tune in on TSN whenever there's a game that I want to see. But golf-wise, the quality went up. And it's just because the player quality went up. We saw in that inaugural event, the only player that was really playing well that was a top player was DJ. Once you throw Reed into the mix, you get Brendan Grace out there, Abraham Anser, and a lot of other guys. The field's starting to round out a bit. And so because of that, I think the golf quality goes up. Now, Taylor Gooch trying to compare it to the Ryder Cup was kind of dumb, but the broadcast overall was pretty solid. Paul Casey joining. It's a good name, but he is hurt. And so unless he comes back at 100%, then it's more so just a name grab than a talent grab for them. Then on the PGA Tour side, the John Deere was won by JT Poston, who won by three shots. We live bet him heading into the fourth round at minus 125, and so we were able to cash that one. We didn't post it, but we did win it. And so Emiliano Grillo and Pat Kazire, They were both in our card for top 20. So those were two solid caches, both over plus 290. And so it's tough to say really how bad the PGA field is and also think that like there's going to be some sort of competition here. I mean, the golf quality this weekend is clearly on the live side, but the favorite heading into that event, I think was Adam Hadwin and Brant Snedeker. So you're looking at a pretty bad PGA Tour field. Once we get them matching up, where you have the Justin Thomas's, the Rory McElroys in the field, the Scotty Schefflers going up against this live field. We'll see how the ratings shape up. More people are going to tune into PGA because it's more of the traditional league. But I do think that live golf may have a future after this weekend. They definitely put on a good show. And then in other news, massive NBA free agent moves. We're going to touch on a few of them this morning. Starting with all the player extensions, you got Bradley Beal, five years, 251. John ja Morant, five years, 231. Zach Levine, five years, 212 and a half. Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns both got four years, 224. And then the biggest one was Nikola Jokic, five years, 270. And Darius Garland, five years, 193. But the one I wanted to, to hone in on was the Zion Williamson one, the extension that he signed with the Pelicans. A lot of people were a little bit skeptical on this one because they felt like, well, Zion didn't play all of last year. He was out of shape. Why would you want to bring him back? And to me, the biggest risk, it is the biggest risk, but you have to do it if you're New Orleans. With the way that your roster is constructed right now, the only truly young asset that you have, I would say, is Herb Jones. And so when you have Brandon Ingram, who's starting to enter his prime, you traded for CJ McCollum last year. You got Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance, Devontae Graham. This is a team where if Zion does come back and is 100%, we could see them contend in the Western Conference. We saw them take Phoenix to six games despite not having Zion. So it's kind of scary to think the fact that he's the number one option on this team when healthy. I think he could be a huge impact player for them. And when you're a small market like New Orleans, you can't afford to let this guy walk. If you trade him even for solid pieces, then all you're doing is saying, well, we're not going to win the championship. If he comes back at 100%, I think the Pelicans are scary. And the fan base would riot if you trade Zion. And then he goes on to have the career that people think he could have if he keeps his weight down. Now, the big trade over the weekend had to be Rudy Gobert. Four first-rounders, Walker Kessler and other players involved. I still don't know how this is going to work in Minnesota when you've got both Towns and Gobert. If you're planning on playing Towns at the four, I get it. Maybe he stretches the floor a bit, and then you have Gobert as your rim protector. And it is a nice four pieces when you have Russell at the point and Edwards at the two. You throw whoever in at the three, and then you go Towns and Gobert in the front court. But I don't think that they're done. I still think that there might be another move out there for Minnesota. We'll have to wait and see in the coming days, but I don't know if it's gonna work with those two together. Only time will tell with this one. But actually, the the low-key best move for me in free agency had to be the Celtics getting Jay or uh, Malcolm Brogdon. And they got him for Tice, Naismith, and a 2023 first rounder. To me, this just solidifies that Boston are the favorites in the East one once again. I mean, your backcourt's going to be Brogdon and Smart. You've still got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, throw Robert Williams at the five. I think that that's a very scary starting five for a team that just went to the NBA Finals and lost in six games. Brogdon's a very solid point. He's more of a distributor than uh, Smart is. And so I think they're going to pair well together. And so that move to me puts Boston back in the driver's seat in the Eastern Conference. Then you had the Knicks. They went out and signed Mitchell Robinson, four years, 60 million. Jalen Brunson, four years, 104. Feels like they just paid guys to pay them. I think the Robinson contract's fine. 15 million a year for what he can provide for you is solid. I would have liked to seen the Brunson contract be in the 20 million range, but it is the Knicks. Let's see if he pans out. He still is pretty young. Maybe it does work out for them, but I'm still not a major fan of that number surrounding Brunson, especially when you've got guys like Tyus Jones getting two years, 30 from Memphis. I think with where the Knicks were at, that might've been a bit of a better option. Lou Dort got five years, 87 and a half. That's a nice move for OKC to retain him. Now they need to start turning these draft picks into players that can actually play. And then Oklahoma City might be building something. And then Afrini Simons, four years, 100 million think it's a big overpay by Portland but we thought that they were going into a rebuild now it appears that they're going for it again and so it's a confusing move by Portland the big thing with NBA free agency now is we're looking at three guys we're looking at Harden to extend and then what's happening with KD and Kyrie Kyrie to the Lakers picking up steam and then KD heading to either Phoenix or Toronto appears to be the two landing spots for him Now let's talk about big games on the slate for today. And no, we're not going to talk about the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, Joey Chestnut should be the favorite. He's minus 3000 the last I heard. So maybe just uh, either enjoy it or be disgusted by it. I don't really know which one it is. So big games today. We do have a little bit of CFL action. We got Toronto taking on Winnipeg. The over under in this game is 43 feels a little bit low, But given Toronto coming off that three-point performance in BC, I think they might be tempering expectations a bit. But the Argos are at home, and I do like the over here. Winnipeg minus four as well. Kind of leaning Toronto with the points, and I know a lot of other people are. But we've got a different Toronto bet later on that we're really liking for this game. WNBA-wise, we've got Phoenix taking on the LA Sparks. The Sparks coming off a back-to-back now. Uh, they are at home and they did win by 10 yesterday. And then you've got the Mercury who had the day off, but the day prior lost by 16. So the Sparks will be favored tonight and we'll see if Phoenix can pull off the upset. MLS, there's four games on the slate. We're not going to touch on those ones too in depth at all because I'm going to reserve judgment on these games until I watch some more. Um, I don't want to start betting on a sport. I'm familiar with soccer. I'm familiar with EPL. I'm just not big into the MLS and so I'm going to give it a bit more time, analyze some games before I dive in and start to bet on the MLS slate. So let's now talk about the plays that I like and lean early on today. These are bets that I might take but want to wait until some starting lineups come out. That is the tough part about doing a show early in the morning is that you want to make sure that players are in, pitchers are in, and you don't want to bet too early on. So kind of leaning the Mariners plus one and a half versus San Diego today. Uh, Flexen is going. And the Mariners have played well as of late. I know they just played a garbage team, but they have won seven of their last 10. The Padres have been sliding a bit. They've won just three of their last 10. The money line's plus 155. So maybe it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle, but I do think that the safer bet would be taking the Mariners plus one and a half. And you can still get some decent value on that at minus 135. Brewers' money line versus the Cubs. It started at 150, it's already up to minus 160. We kind of like that one for the parlay yesterday, but we weren't going to bet it that early on. We do have Lauer going for the Brewers and then Justin Steele, who is very bad on the road. So I do tend to lean, if you wanted to throw Brewers' money line into a parlay, Parlay it with a game with a little bit more juiced odds. Braves' money line was minus 170 yesterday, still sitting there this morning against St. Louis. The cards do have Dakota Hudson going. He's got his 3.83 ERA, taking on Kyle Wright with his 3.03. I just think if you wanted to even go Brewers' Braves' money line, you can get some plus money there with a bit juiced odds. But I do like Wright going for the Braves today. The A's plus one and a half today with Irvin going against Toronto. Toronto has not been playing great as of late. They're on a three game losing streak and they've only won four of their last 10. The A's have also struggled, but I do like Irvin on the mound today, taking on Manoa. Now Manoa does have the 2.09 ERA. So the Jays do like to show up when he's out there. But Irvin with his 3.58, I think they have the ability to keep it close here. So I would lean the plus one and a half because plus one and a half is still plus money at plus 110. Then you've got the Dodgers money line. This is one that I would just toss in a parlay. It's minus 280. It's very juiced, already up to minus 285. You've got Urias going for the Dodgers, taking on Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. I would even look if you want a little bit of a three-team teaser, go Braves, Dodgers, and Brewers money line you could get some pretty nice value there on those games. Now, player prop-wise, we post all of our player prop lines on our social media accounts at CompEdgePod. This is why you need to go follow us on those social platforms. We were profitable yesterday. We're hitting on the parlays as well. So we've started out July strong, so you don't want to miss any of those plays. Trying to put them out on both Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is where we tend to post all of our plays, though. So be sure to go and check that out today. Now, the competitive hedge parlay of the day. This is how we're going to finish off the show today. We've got a nice three-teamer cooked up. No odds worse than minus 150. Only looking to put out winners here. Now, these are tentative plays that we like early on. We may change our minds later on in the day. This is why you got to follow us on our social media accounts. But as of now, love the value on these three plays. And so may put it in early. And then if things change in a second parlay as well. So starting with Milwaukee Brewers team total over five and a half today at plus 140. I could have gone four and a half, get it closer to minus 120, but I love the value here at plus 140. As I said, Lauer's going for Milwaukee. So I think he's going to be solid. Justin Steele is bad on the road. The money line value, it went up too high. The over is at nine with a plus 100. I don't love that with Lauer going. I think he may only give up a run or two. So we're asking a lot of the Brewers bats. So this is the first team total that we've taken, but I have faith in them at home to put up plenty of runs. Steel on the road has a 7.29 ERA. So I think he gives up quite a few early They get up to five and then they just have to get one late in the game. They get close to seven or eight by the time all is said and done. Then I like the Marlins money line versus Detroit. This one's minus 110. Garrett Braxton going against Patty Corbin. Corbin is very hit and miss. He tends to get a decent amount of Ks, and he is coming off his best performance of the year. He had 12 Ks in his last start. I think he struggles today. I think Miami takes advantage. The bats get going, and on the road, they pick up the win. So minus 110 on that one. And then our final play of the day, Toronto Argonauts team total over 17 and half at minus 112. And people might think that I'm crazy because when you look at the Bombers, they've given up 17, 12, and 12 in their first three games. But none of these offenses are great. They took on Ottawa twice and then Hamilton. Argos were pitiful in BC, put up 20 the week prior. I think every team is in for a bad game early on in the year, and I think Toronto had theirs. The other thing to factor in is Andrew Harris goes up against his old team. He's going to have some added motivation. If you like him for a touchdown, minus 115 was where the odds were at yesterday. So that might be worth a play as well. I think Toronto gets past the 20 mark. And so I love the team total over 17 and a half. That's valued at minus 112. Overall, the odds on the parlay are plus 770. And so you can find all those odds over at that 99.com. Use promo code shooters at sign up. So thank you to everyone who tunes in the live show. When we do go live, as we said, Won't be live every day throughout the summer. We're going to be on vacation sometimes. Also, if it's not a big slate, we may not go live. But today we had to. Happy Independence Day to all of our American listeners. Hope Joey Chestnut performs for you today and you enjoy a well-needed day off and a long weekend. So we will see you in the coming days for the Competitive Hedge Podcast.